Triple Zeros. I'm your host, Joshua Carter. Uh, get right to the action, man. It's a lot to break down tonight. Not a lot of time to do it in. You know how it is when you're doing this late night, late night gig, you know. Taking a run at it. Oh, we're going to start off with the Week 11 NFL recap. Um, first and foremost, the Cowboys. We talked about the Thursday night game with the Browns and the unpleasantness with Miles Garrett and uh, Mason Rudolph. Both wrong. Garrett got an indefinite suspension. Uh, there was rumors that Rudolph might get fined. I haven't heard anything about that after that. Um, uh, what else? Pouncey. Marquise Pouncey got suspended for a couple of games. Larry Open Joby got a suspension. Um, but nothing on Rudolph yet. We'll see if that happens. Uh, but moving on. The Cowboys did reclaim the lead in the NFC East. They uh, took out the Detroit Lions, who put up a hell of a fight with backup quarterback Jeff Driscoll. Matt Corp. Uh, Matthew Stafford is dealing with those back fractures, so the Lions having to roll with Driscoll right now, who's actually not bad. He's a, he's a backup, but he's he's consistent. He's consistent in what he does. Fifty nine percent completion, but that's just what he does. Like, but my point is just that, uh, like I said, the Cowboys won thirty five twenty seven in that game. Uh, subsequently, the Eagles took a loss, took an L to the face at the Patriots. Patriots got some revenge, not really. You know, they would love to have had that been. That Super Bowl a couple years ago, but they uh they still won. The Patriots did seventeen ten in Philly, no less. So I mean the Eagles just don't look right. Carson Wentz is uh, struggling this year. Um, I, I'm not sure. They said that he there, there's a graphic about how his struggles, especially in the fourth quarter, now he's only got like one touchdown, and it's just not it's not been good for them, and it's it's really not been good because uh, well we all know that the guy who got them the Super Bowl ring the victory was Nick Foles and he is no longer in the team although maybe we'll talk about Nick Foles a little bit more uh in depth later but that'd be a weird a weird thing to have happen for him to end up back there wouldn't it maybe not out of the realm of possibility but it'd be it'd be, it'd be the wildest story ever um yeah Winston just is, has been struggling lately and it's not necessarily uh an easy fix for this team you know no they they missed Deshaun Jackson obviously um, no Alshon Jeffrey, uh, or Alshon Jeffrey has been banged up, missing time. And Jordan Howard missed this most pre- this recent game here um, against the Patriots, and the Patriots just did what they do. It's funny because the Patriots are struggling themselves, but they just keep seeking to keep catching these uh, sort of breaks. Julian Edelman went, went off against them, but it just wasn't – neither team was great offensively, but the Eagles just looked that, that – dysfunctional overall um you just don't know what's going to happen to them long term again they're, they're missing a lot of pieces offensively but it just doesn't look like anything close to the same group and again you've had people after we talked about this last week or so you got people that are openly questioning whether or not the eagles kept the right quarterback between Wentz and Foles. that's something that you got to be looking uh down the road at. but back to this game which i've gotten completely sidetracked on the cowboys taking the lead um they did this on the straight of the deck man Dak went out there and, and had himself a game, 444 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Zeke's not looking good. He's not looking explosive. He's not hitting the hole. He's not looking uh, uh, running with authority. That was the fear everyone had when they got when he got the contract. Now he's got the contract and things are looking, I don't want to say down, because he's still there's, he's still eighth in rushing in the season, I believe. Still has seven touchdowns. He's actually, it's his free yards per game. Or Dallas is first in yards per game. They're second in passing yards, only seventh in rushing. Zeke is 
has 16 rushes, 44 yards in this game, 45 yards in this game, and a touchdown. He had a fumble as well. He's eighth right now with 833 yards, but he's also got the lowest uh, yards per game of his career. But he also has as many rushing touchdowns as he had all of 2018. That was the, the line that I wrote down. I want to make sure I got it uh, exactly right. Now, they face the Patriots next which is why I jumped to that Eagles game. I was going to cover it in order, but I felt like it might have been a little bit better to just uh, to just go ahead and, and, and talk about that now because they went from, you know, Patriots could, could realistically just make the East that competitive all over again. So um, th- this is what they do. This is a time for Dak to go out there and prove it. Now, he was had a little bit of a lull there where it looked like Jerry was smart for not paying it, but now things might be flipping back to Dak's favor where Jerry's going to have to open up that checkbook once again. So we'll see how that works out in the East. That's just something to keep an eye on because, you know, division races, the NFC East, it was a two, it's a two-team race as it is, but if it can cut down to a one early on, then we might be looking at uh, a whole other situation and having a whole lot of different conversations about the Eagles than many people thought coming into the year. So that's just, again, something to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, the Colts, we took the AFC South lead. They own the tiebreaker with the Houston Texans because they did beat them a couple of weeks ago. They actually faced them next week, so that'll be interesting. They got Jacoby Brissett back, did the Colts, which was a big uh, boon for them because Brian Hoyer just throws interceptions as much as uh, for as much as he is a uh, I want to sustain to say sustainable, but as good of a backup as he is, you clearly see his deficiencies when he just he throws turnovers in bunches and. They had a couple of those for the Colts uh, while Brissett was recovering for them from that knee injury, but they came out and beat the Jaguars 33-13. to Now, really, it wasn't on Jacoby who did it. It was more on the Colts. And really, when you look at the Colts, what's interesting about them is that they're not, they aren't really uh, explosive in any – or they're not really standout in any category. 16, 16th in points per game, 14th in points against, 22nd in yards per game, 28th in passing yards, but they're fourth in rushing yards per game. Uh, and that's where the difference is. They're just dominating on the ground. They actually lost Marlon Mack to an injury um, early, or not early in this one because he had he put up a, a pretty solid stat line. But they lost Marlon Mack in this game, 14 carries for 109 for him. But then Jordan Williams comes in and he gets 13 carries for 116 yards. So they can just run the ball. The scheme that Frank Reich has implemented is running, working. That offensive line, the investment there uh, is paying off. And I think that's more important than anything. Um, the Bills circle the wagons they won against the Miami Dolphins. The Bills can beat bad teams. They've been beating up on bad teams, but they have uh, a rough stretch actually down coming up their direction. Uh, just looking ahead, not this next week because they play Denver next week, but then they uh, take on the they go to Dallas. They face they host the Ravens. They go to Pittsburgh, which despite their struggle, still has a, a pretty tough defense. And then they have to go to New England as well. So that's not something to necessarily be you know you beat the Dolphins. You enjoy it's a week to week league. Any team can win any given week, so I guess you enjoy it there. Josh Allen having himself a day, but they still have yet to beat a team that's uh, going to be making the playoffs. So the, we see this all it happens across the league. Teams face on poor teams. That's I guess the first stage in, in getting to becoming a real contender. Um, for Miami, the only question I really have about them is is were the wins worth it? Because you know that they were jockeying, vying for that first overall pick, and now they're pretty much out of it. Um, I don't necessarily see the Bengals winning any more games at all. Any game, sorry, any more would imply if they won a game. They haven't won a game yet. So I'm not sure if if I, they have a, a ton of picks, so they can move up and get whoever they want to get if it really comes down to it. So maybe that's what the logic is. It doesn't really matter. Try to 
show that you can win, I guess. I'm not sure. I, it just feels like they they're kind of, they kind of got stuck in between for a couple of weeks there, um, and now they're just back to being terrible. I, I don't know. Um, that's one again to keep an eye on. They they uh, they do face the Giants in Week 15 and the Bengals in Week 16, so maybe they'll one of those games provides an opportunity for them to get a victory or to to get another victory if that's what they're doing now. Again, I'm not sure why you would, but they clearly aren't following the the standard. Uh, thought processes that I would necessarily implement in this situation. So who knows? Anything's possible, right? Right. Uh, according to KG. Um, the Vikings rallied back from down 20 nothing and a half to overtake the Broncos, 27 to 23. They're pretty sitting pretty firmly in the uh, one of those wild card spots right now. The New Orleans Saints trampled the Buccaneers 34-17. They got back to their winning way. They needed that after that, that stunning upset to the uh, Atlanta Falcons, who, by the way, went out and uh, – and, and put a hurting on the the Carolina Panthers, twenty nine to three. What? Where? You know, I, I don't know where this came from. Matt Ryan, uh, three hundred eleven yards, only through one touchdown. Calvin really had one hundred forty three yards. Carolina though, Kyle Kyle Allen threw four interceptions, and I just wanted, I really want to know, as as a person who has uh, invested interest, a vested interest in this particular quarterback situation will cam newton be cut it be getting cut or not <laughs> i just asking for 50 52 guys in chicago that are pretty down right now just want to know you know out of curiosity i see your boy kyle allen who was who was being hailed as the next Panthers quarterback very prematurely might i add something that was noted here more than once this can get cut, you know, because if you're cutting, if you're pumping the brakes, then that means you got to look elsewhere. The pivot might need to happen a little bit sooner. I just want to know. I just want to know because there's a lot of people who think that Cam would be a great fit. Cam has said that he would be open to it. If that's something that ultimately worked out. We know how that is. It's just open-ended player speak. doesn't really mean anything. But I, that would have been nice to see. We'll see how it works out now. And, of course, it was one game. But Kyle Allen has been, in my opinion, not uh, spectacular enough to warrant all of this praise about how great the Panthers are going to be now that he's the one running the show. So yeah, that's, that's that for that. Uh, the, the Jets and the Redskins faced off and really the only thing that I got out of that are the Redskins a hot mess, but, and, but more importantly than that, the Jets are just less bad. I think we've been having this competition with the Redskins for a, few, a little while now, but what makes the Redskins such a hot mess is Dwayne Haskins, rookie quarterback Dwayne Haskins went to his offensive line and there's a video circling on Twitter uh, asking them, you know, what does he need to do to help out, to make things better, to, to make their jobs easier, to help them help him. And the, the look of disinterest, the, the, the laughing off, the, the, it was foreign. It was almost a foreign nature to them. And you, it, it's more indictment on them than on him. And I, I don't care what anyone, if, I don't think anyone has tried to spin it that way, but if anybody's trying to spin it on, he needs to just sit down somewhere and work on this. No, that the, clearly the offensive line has already given up on him and the team as a, as a whole. And that was probably a sign of, of the times when the coach got fired, the rookie who they swore up and down wasn't ready, finally got put in. They probably realized that the season was over, but, I mean, it was just a sad image to see uh, Haskins out there pleading with his offensive lineman, just let me know what I got to do, and them just kind of looking at him with the like the, the deer in the headlights kind of, what? You know, what, what, do you, what do you mean? What can you do? For the Jets, they got a long way to go. They beat up on this team, but, you know, it's, it's the Redskins, so it's kind of hard to uh, – to completely 
say, hey, you know, they got something going here. They, they did what they had to do. They got the victory. Sam Darnold did throw four touchdowns. That's a, that's something, right? That's the thing. Um, it, it, two bad teams. Again, they just the, the, the bigger picture to me, but as far as wins and losses here or, or judging the level of either of these teams, the Jets were less bad. That's the, that's the biggest thing I think you could take away from that. Um, talked about the Falcons beating the Panthers. The Texans and the Ravens faced off, and let, or Texans, yeah, Texans and the Ravens faced off. And let me just say, the headline for this one is unequivocally, uh, and, and and I think without beyond the shadow of a doubt, Lamar for MVP. Now I, I I know I know I jumped off for a week, I went on the Russell hype train, the Russell Wilson hype train, and and I, I disregarded my own insight on the situation with how he went against that 49ers defense, which is legit, by the way, very legit. Uh, but I think what else I've seen is that when head-to-head, and we've seen it over the past month, Lamar Jackson has taken taken down, not these quarterbacks, but taken their teams out, you know, come out victorious over their teams. The Patriots, um, not in this order, obviously, but the, the Patriots, the Seahawks, uh, and the Texans, and in convincing fashion, and has looked good doing so. Uh, I just, I, I'm not sure how you can say it's not him anymore. I, I know I wavered. I was on the Russ hype train, but I, I again, head to head. And we could talk about whose defense is better and whatever, but he's still putting up points on his own. Like, that's aside from the defense making the other quarterbacks look worse. He's still doing his thing at the same time. And that, that you can't take that away from him despite the, the constant knocks on how, you know, it's unsustainable and, and this, that, and third. And, Every every expected trope that you can uh, that you would would think you would hear when talking about a, a quarterback such as Lamar Jackson. Um, the 49ers did hold on to beat the Arizona Cardinals thirty six twenty six. The Raiders took out the Bengals seventeen to ten. And I'm leaving this up here for now. You know, Lamar for MVP, just in case you forgot. Um, like I told you about the Patriots beating the Eagles seventeen to ten. The Bears though. <sighs> This hurts because I had such high hopes for this team coming into this season, but clearly um, that's gone off the rails now. They lost to the Los Angeles Rams seventeen to seven, and all you can really say about them is that they've they've collapsed, they've imploded. Um, even the people who prognosticated them to fall off, I don't think would have seen it going this way. The defense hasn't been bad, but they haven't been great, and that's been a problem because the offense has been terrible. So they couldn't uh, withstand any loss of 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 any level uh, of power of dominance from the defense because they weren't good last year. The offense. So the Bears have now lost uh, five of their last six. They are they're for all intents and purposes, I believe, out of the playoffs. I believe they might be officially out, but they're for all intents and purposes out of the playoffs because there's no way they're making a comeback to do anything, and they have no right to. Mitchell Trubisky finally got pulled. Um, they're calling it a hit pointer, uh, but even the, the circumstances around that just are dysfunctional and, and sound poorly planned, poorly executed, just like the, the, the season has been. Um, we've run through the gambit on last word on pro football, and I keep I always forget to do this, but the Twitter handles as at Josh G. Buck. Um, on Facebook at Jukes and Jumps, hit the website jukesandjumpers.wordpress.com, and of course the uh, email is jukesandjumps at gmail.com. Um, but but I wrote for last word on pro football that the Bears season has gone into hibernation, and 
we've gone through the gambit of putting the blame on personnel from the offensive line to the receivers to the quarterback to the running back, uh, calling out the defense. We've uh, I've called out the coaching staff. Uh, I've called out everybody and even Ryan Pace. But it's it's to the point where you all you can kind of do is write an open letter or or just kind of throw these the ideas out there and 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 wonder if upper management and I mean like you know franchise altering decision management beyond pace is is catching wind of all these things being said and these questions being asked because one thing that I noted in the column or in the paper in the article is that while this is year three for Trubisky and only year two for Matt Nagy and the Bears are just 12 and four this is Pace's fifth season and part of the reason why they went 12 and four is because they had that last play schedule because they were so bad for the other years prior so um and then the first round, the record of draft picks for Pace in the first round is just below subpar. It's it's pretty sad. And the one that is still, the jury's still out on is Roquan Smith. And even he has had some ups and down moments, up and down moments this season. So that's like just, it's, it's just more questions piled upon this group that had so much promise, looked so, so much, so promising last season only to see it just stagger out in this way and Eddie Pinero an early favorite here um fan favorite you know just a feel-good story has devolved into Cody Parkey light and it's just really getting scary man because it was even when things were going bad earlier this year that was one thing that was like but they figured out the kicker right they spent all this time worrying about the kicker and neglected to work on the offense and 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 Defense has been hit with injuries, but the kicker's still kicking. He's still hitting them kicks. Not anymore. And now people are calling for his job, and it's just like, man, you know, (laughs) at this point from uh, this point from last year, Parky had actually made a higher percentage of his kicks. They were both they both missed both missed five, but Parky still made a higher percentage of his kicks, and uh, he hadn't cost the Bears as many games as Pinero had. So it's been a rough stretch here for the for the young man hopefully he picks it up for his sake going forward there's not switching at this point there's no point um but yeah it's just been bad you just have to wonder who who goes who comes back i said at minimum trubisky has to go i would think they have to consider uh moving on from pace as well and if pace goes then Nagy's more than likely also gone I wouldn't be upset with either one of them. Not wanting to see anybody go, but I just feel like, again, five years with pace on the job, five first round, or not five first round picks. We know that that's not the case. Won't be having one this year either. Um, Raiders are laughing. But five years of him on the job and seeing where this team is at now and how fluky, when you all things all things consider how fluky 2018 was, it's just not, uh, it's not beyond the reason to say that they should all, they should just clean house and try to tear this thing down. And that includes possibly looking into doing something about getting Khalil Mack off the books. Um, a move that looked so great when it was made and you would make a thousand times over if presented with it was just poorly executed with the personnel. Otherwise, again, they mis-evaluated the quarterback situation. Um, I'm sure everybody's seen the Sun-Times or the, Tri- the Chicago Tribune article illustrating how everything went down with them drafting Trubisky. It's just it's a bad time for the franchise right now. They look they look really dysfunctional, and it's it's worse than the Tressman era, worse than the Fox era. And then you hear Fox one at Watts. It's just all bad. It's all bad, and the Bears have to just kind of limp their way to the rest of the season. 
Um, they faced the Giants, then the 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 Lions, but then they got to go. They ended on a four-game heater of Dallas at Green Bay, host the Chiefs, and then at Minnesota. Their only hope is that a couple of those teams are resting players down the stretch, and they can you know sneak out of there with a W. But I don't see it happening because two of those three at the end, two of the fourth end, are divisional opponents, and uh, the Vikings already got beat once. And you know how that goes, and the Packers just like to beat the Bears. So period. And then the Chiefs, that's Andy Reid. You know, it's, it's going to be tough. It's, it's ugly, man. And I would like to say I have faith in them to fix it going forward, but it's hard to say that because they haven't shown that they can necessarily build anything sustainable. And then to wrap up the NFL segment, uh, the Chiefs did outlast the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Phillip Rivers threw four picks tonight, including one that ultimately sealed the game. Tried to battle the, the, the Chargers back. It just was a... a Real battle for him most of the night. One touchdown for him, 353 yards of the air. Mahomes wasn't great either, 182 yards, one touchdown, but he only threw one pick, so that could be your game right there, just maybe. Really the point of this one, because it doesn't ultimately matter, the, the, the Chargers season is about as cooked as the Bears is. They've had tons of injuries to deal with, and the holdout of Melvin Gordon didn't help anything either. But the larger thing that I wanted to talk about here was uh, the – Philip Rivers is mentioned as an option for the Bears possibly next year, and I don't want to see that because we've seen quarterbacks that are prone to t- throw turnovers and how that works out for this city. Uh, and Philip Rivers is also a guy that will talk trash. He actually got a delay of game this game because he was too busy jawing and not worried about getting back to the huddle with his teammates. So those are just things that the Bears need to avoid. If they, they, I've said that if they go after somebody, I would like to see them go after Cam, but I think maybe Ted D. Bridgewater is somebody who should be uh, more of a priority for them. Age-wise, um, the ease with which, they can, which, with which they can get him, assuming, of course, he leaves New Orleans because there's no guarantee that, that happens and Drew Brees plays anymore. But just Phillip Rivers is um, not he, – he, he's going to the Hall of Fame. But moments like these are the issues that a lot of people have with the process of going of Hall of Fame voting and and how when you look back, it doesn't necessarily show how critical some of these moments are. These moments where the giveaways happen, how these where the bunches happen, and how backbreaking they could be. But that is what it is. It's just. Again, the broader point was that if Rivers is to leave Los Angeles and lands elsewhere next season, the Bears are not a team that should be trying to do this. I get it. He's better than Trubisky, yes, but we've seen those picks are going to hurt. They're going to happen when they hurt the most. Jay Cutler proved that that's not something that Chicago wants, so just don't – that's probably not the best way to go. And he's – Philip Rivers is, is much older than Jay was when he got here and much more stuck in his way, so I'm just not sure if that's a, a, a viable option. Um, we're gonna switch gears slightly to the NBA, and we're gonna make a little, a little. My bad, you know what I'm saying. I was gonna start off this one talking about the Knicks were still the judge of the NBA because they don't have the best record to start the year, but they won two of the last three. Um, they won tonight, more importantly, which is what made me have to take a double take and say, wait a second, let me reevaluate what I'm gonna say about these young guys. Uh, they went out there and beat the Cavaliers, 123 to 105. Julius Randle had himself a, a solid game. That's what you want to. That's what you like to see. He's I like Julius as a player. He's a 12 for 17 from the floor, 30 points he had. He was a plus 24, seven rebounds, four assists, um, only one turnover. He had two steals and a block. And then you have Marcus Morris dropping in 23. 
the Knicks are still bad. They're not a good team. That's not what I was trying to get at. Uh, but it, they, they had to go back and look at what their they're four and ten in the season, by the way. Had to go back and look at what their recent schedule was and and realize like, okay, let me not just go ahead and bomb on them because they're actually not as bad as I thought. They're still terrible, which is funny. <laughs> I, I, reading back, I think I thought that they were just you know like winless still in the season, but. Um, I can't laugh too hard. The Bulls aren't much better. We'll talk about that in a second too, because this is just—it's just as sad as the Bears' season is gone. Um, they're still bad, but I had to explain how I couldn't—I couldn't write it up and then not show it, you know, with how blatantly, how 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 way off base I was. At least in the in the short term, you can only be, you know, I'm only gonna take so many lumps on that one. Um, but the next one. The Nets and and the question behind it, and I talked about this briefly on Thursday's episode, Friday's episode. Um, was their gamble worth it? They fell to the uh, Pistons or to the Pacers, excuse me, one fifteen to eighty six. Kyrie Irving did not play in this game, um, and you just look at where they are, where the Nets are, and I believe they started rough last year too. But more importantly, we know how they finished, and you just wonder if they if they did too much movement with the roster that had gotten so much better uh bringing in Kyrie Irving and then Kevin Durant was not even playing this year or DeAndre Jordan and I guess I think it's a fair fair question to ask because they're they are uh they are I want to say struggling but they are at five, at five and eight they're definitely not thriving and while we talked about Boston and how they've ascended to 11 and 2 now and they're really Boston's really just better with lesser talent all around them than most people, I think, would think, you know, you would probably assume that uh, Brad Stevens would, you know, most teams are better with, with superstar players in superstar-driven league, but Brad Stevens seems to do a very good job of being able to uh, being able to to keep his guys focused when they don't have to worry about that superstar mentality that some players bring along, a Kyrie Irving uh, by name. Someone who just is, is not necessarily trying to, uh, someone who's not who's not trying to take over the game and dominate and, and uh, overly assert himself, but will be willing to you know be a part of the game or part of of a larger plan. Again, Brad Stevens' system, larger point. Uh, Stevens is his system is better, much better with uh, lesser players than it is with the superstar behind it. It's just one of those things. One of the I don't want to say the, the mysteries of life, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on with Brooklyn as far as how much they're struggling and uh, the things that they, they are looking to do. Elsewhere in the NBA, uh, it was a, a pretty jam-packed night, actually. The Houston Rockets took out the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, that game wasn't really close. Houston took away took off later, later in the second half. Um, they ended up beating the Trailblazers 132-108. to 108. Melo did not play. Um, sadly, you know, everybody was expecting Carmelo Anthony to get his first game action. He just recently signed with the Blazers, finally got back into the NBA. They deserve to, uh, they need to, to get my boy back on. Glad to see that he is on, um, the Blazers need something to happen because they're, they're, they're really struggling this year, sitting at five and nine right now. Um, CJ and Dame's been a two man show, but they haven't been getting it done themselves. Um, Port, the, the management made an investment in this backcourt and it just has not paid dividends. And that was something that I actually worried about in writing um, juiceandjumpers.wordpress.com is how long can they sustain this, you know, 
we've seen that this backcourt not get it done and you know they didn't really improve so you kind of just wonder you know was it smart to invest in something that is beating your head against the wall definition of insanity i think that's, is what they call it and i'm happy for them maybe mellow helps him out rumor has they'll be having a uh, a role coming off the bench and that's good i just hope that it, it works out because both sides need this and if it works out it'll be good for both sides so um yeah, just had mellow, man. But happy to see him back in. I, I did skip over, and I got to go back to it real quick because I have to eat. I'm always, I, I would be quick to give up my Mia Cobas when I make a mistake. I'm not going to ever be one to run away from it. And that'd be uh, the Raptors and what they're having me eat some crow right now. They won 132 to one uh, to 96 tonight over the uh, Charlotte Hornets. They've been good. I, I can't, I can't, I don't want to say I want to be mad, and I want to call them, call them out for being uh, not as good as, 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 you know, many might want to say they are. They're nine and four right now. Pascal Siakam has been has been balling flat out. My boy Fred VanVleet has also been playing very well. Um, to be pro- to be proper about this, but you just I I, I, I was dead off. I was way off because I said they'd be closer to trading away players than they would be um, contending, and that. That's not happened. I don't know why I figured that one player or two players would make such a difference, but I just felt that was my bold prediction that they would be out of the playoffs altogether and the Bulls would make it. I think this might be just some comeuppance where they're not only going to be probably in the players, they're going to do well with the, the the combination of Siakam and Ananobi with uh, the, the likes of Van Vliet also. Um, but the Bulls are also struggling. Uh, Charlotte had been getting a lot from Devon Durham and Terry Rozier. That's an interesting situation to watch because... Rozier got the big contract, but Graham has looked like the better point guard for much of the season, so that's something to keep an eye on going forward. And then Luka Doncic hit a, a, a big money shot three over uh, on the Spurs to win that game 117-110. He was he joined the LeBron James as the youngest players to ever score a 40-point triple-double. Luka had 42, 12, and 11. They're not... The Mavs aren't a team that's a, a threat to anybody just yet. They're 8-5. They're and five. Um, They are second in division. Maybe they sneak into the playoffs. I'm not sure if they have enough firepower, though, to hang with the big dogs. I told you, I think it's a two-man race, ultimately, two-team race, ultimately, in the West. It'll be the Lakers and the Clippers in the playoffs. I know we got the Jazz, and I know you got the Nuggets and all that. That's fine. But when it comes down to it, it's going to be those two teams. And neither one of them are actually looking great right now. Um, and that, that was actually, I should have switched graphics to the Lucas story, talking about the Spurs dynasty. Before I, let me, you know what, before I actually jump to the the, the Los Angeles thing, the Spurs are are... are Five and nine, and, and in the middle of a, a realization that time might be expiring on this group, and maybe ultimately on what we come, what we've known as a pop uh, dynasty. Now I know it's become fashionable. When it becomes fashionable, when coaches get uh, along in years and the teams start to break down, to push them out the door. But I mean, it's just really a question: Is Pop going to want to stick around for a rebuild? Um, there were already rumors fro- floating around about the Spurs trading Demar Derozan to Orlando. Now that would logically bring back some kind of younger player that maybe entices pop to stick around a little bit longer than he might but five and nine and, and looking like they're str- going to struggle to make the playoffs this year that again it's early still so let me not you know i'm not digging my heels in on this one but just looking at it right now um that's just a question that i think has to be asked uh i talked about the Celtics a little bit um i said how they're really better without the stars in the Kyrie Irving situation, how the Nets... Now, he didn't play tonight, even though they lost, but the important thing is just that the Nets have struggled while the the, the Celtics are sitting there looking pretty. 
um, in their division. They won 99-85 over the Suns. And despite the loss, the uh, the Suns actually looked they looked much better this season. Now, 7-5. Again, I can't stress it enough because it really applies to every situation, good or bad. But the sun, it's so early. It's just good to see, though, the Suns are playing 500 ball and above. Now, it's only two games, and again, early. Word of the of, of the season right now. Um, but, and just a harp not to ride on Kyrie, you just do notice how much better the Celtics always seem to do whenever he's not, you know, without him. <laughs> that's that's one of those things that's kind of undeniable. But I, I do want to talk about the Suns and the T-Wolves. The Suns have to start sitting uh, at 7-5, and five, and then you got the Minnesota Timberwolves who beat the Utah Jazz, by the way. A lot of teams' finals favorite, Worcester Conference finals favorite, 112-102 did the uh, Timberwolves. They are eight and six and sitting at third in their division. Now they're going to need a lot more uh, consistency than that if they're going to get anything accomplished. They got big games from uh, Carlton Towns, twenty-nine points, eleven uh, of twenty-three, seven of thir- fifteen from three-point. He was a plus thirteen. He had thirteen boards and five assists. Then you got Jeff T. Uh, added twenty-one points, fifteen points from Robin Covington, fourteen points from Martin off the bench. The the Timberwolves and the Suns are both two teams that are. I think more sizzle than steak at this point. They're going to look good for a long stretch to begin, but I think the wear and tear over long season is going to get on these younger stars, and maybe they might be tired of losing. You know that happens, and they get a little bit, they go a little bit further, and they're they're at that point where they can carry their teams a lot. But neither one of them have a lot of star power. Um, the Suns will get DeAndre Aiden back, uh, not too long in the distant future, not too far out of the future, but they don't have him right now, and I think they're going to struggle ultimately because they're just still such a very young team. Um, the Timberwolves are a little bit older. Andrew Wiggins has been playing much better this year without Jimmy Butler around. Seems to be a little bit liberated in uh, things that, that he wants to get done. Um, but it's still just a team that, like, well, I, I, I'm not sure that you see the the complete team that's going to be able to take over. Uh, I, Towns, I'm looking at their their season stats right now. Towns is averaging 27, Wiggins 25. They're getting 13 from Teague and Covington apiece, 10 from Lehman. Wiggins is having a really good year, and I think that that might be one of the things that if if they are propelled to a much better season than anybody would have probably anticipated for them, it'll be because he's having his best scoring season yet and his best shooting season yet. So, again, it's early, but that's what you want to see from a, a, a Formal first first overall pick in the draft. So maybe if you know what if Wiggins is finally found his stride, then I would say that the the Timberwolves actually have more staying power than the Suns do. Um, and and, that, and that's for that. The Clippers did beat the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder ninety to eighty eight. They would played without Kawhi Leonard, who uh, you know he's been on load man, load management earlier to start the season, which is has people wondering if they're going to be even be able to make the playoffs. Some people, you know, just in tongue in cheek, but. Wondering how they're going to be able to manage through it, and again, I just I just mentioned it. Same thing with the Lakers. You're going to see that they surprised and have come out to uh, get this hot start, this early lead. But I figured that they would be a team that would be sitting a lot of players for a lot of games and might fall in the rankings because of it, the regular season standings because of it. But ultimately, they'd be healthy for the playoffs, and that's all they care about. And then they'll just run rough shot over anybody who's um, not the other LA squad, depending on who you're talking about. So um, they got 18 from Paul George, 12 from Zubox. Montrez Harrell poured in 28 off the bench. You know, the, the Clippers, those two, Harrell and Lou Williams, even though Lou only had 11 tonight. Um, they got the win. That's all that matters. But this is a game with a lot of emotion. Chris Paul facing his former, former team. 
uh, Danilo Gallinari and Shea Gilligan Alexander facing their former team. Uh, Paul George was dapping up guys after the game. Paul George obviously making his return. Uh, well, they came to LA, but facing his former team, um, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a. Uh, uh, there was no. It wasn't extra chippy. You know, it wasn't. It didn't seem like guys were too upset that he got out of there. So I mean, maybe that's just uh, uh, more telling of the state than it is of how they actually feel about him. But probably, I probably should probably fit that. It's probably more telling about how they feel about him than the state of things there. But it's, it's definitely one of those things. Where it's like, look, I get it. You know, that's how it looked on TV initially when you see them all dapping him up and everything like that. Um, and then we'll close it out doing a little bit of rant about these here Chicago Bulls. Uh, this, they, they dropped a game 115 to 101 to the Milwaukee Bucks, a game that they actually were in late in the, done by about four late in the fourth quarter, ended up getting outscored 31 to 20 in the fourth quarter. Um, what we've seen from this team, they finally gave Daniel Gafford, rookie center Daniel Gafford some minutes and he came out and responded with 21 points on 2012 shooting. He had five rebounds. Um, he was a minus four. He had two blocks, though. What he gave was energy and rim protection, something that has been seriously lacking, despite how steady Wendell has been this season. And I was one who was not trying to uh, give him many props. Now, he did struggle tonight. He only had six points and he had eight boards. Um, but Gafford is somebody, I don't know what took Boylan so long to get him going. Now, we know Boylan's rotations have not been the best uh, this season, but this is something that seemed like a no-brainer. Just watching the kid move. I don't know what, I, I tweeted it out, what uh, is making, what took Boylan so long to get Gafford minutes? What, how was it so hard? What made it so so difficult for him to find some kind of time to get this kid on the floor? Um, but overall, man, the team struggled. The starters all struggled. Uh, Zach was 4-16, on, only had 11 points. He had eight rebounds and four assists. Uh, Lowry continues to have a dismal, dismal season. Nine points, two of 12, over four from three, eight boards, though. Uh, Hutch was seven points, two of eight, one of three from deep. Wendell, again, had six and eight. He was uh, three of six. Sato had five points on two of six. Now, noticing, notable about Sato was actually he was pulled or didn't see the floor late in the game and actually uh, in favor of Ryan Archie Diakono, who was who had 12 points on four of seven shooting. He was four or five from three. And Archie was actually one of only two Bulls players who was a plus uh, net plus positive and plus minus him and Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus, though, Thaddeus has moments where you just wonder what he's doing. Now, he's he's usually a solid player. He's very smart, very good defender, very active. But there are just like these brief moments where you're like, Thaddeus, what the, what the hell? <laughs> um, and it's similar to to what you see from, from what you saw from Chris Dunn before and what you see from, from Wendell Carter a lot of times. There's almost uh um I don't say disinterest, but it just seems like the things are moving too fast sometimes. Now it's probably a different reason for all three of them. Thaddeus is is again he's been over so he was the uh, one of the only positives and plus minus on the team this tonight. So that's not this is not an overall knock on him. It's just odd to see a player a veteran such as him have those moments where he kind of spaces out. Uh, as for Wendell. I'm not sure he's a center. Like, I really feel like he's a power forward, but and, and not one that really fits in today's game. Um, the Bulls have struggled to score down low. He struggles protecting the rim, which is why it was great to see Gafford go down there and get it, get it going. Um, 
he should be in shape and he's been having he's been the most consistent but even his consistency has left something to be desired and again he had had uh he had had double digit points for the past four games prior to this and then only and then one game down and then he had four games before that so it's not like he's been like i said he's been very consistent the concern here and 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 i know i'm harping on him but the concern here is has is really loud Zach had bad moments, and even his good moments have been marred by by hero ball, where he just his shot selection goes out the window. I don't know what he thinks is going on. I think I've, I was actually had a back and forth on Twitter today about I think Zach could be a very good uh, secondary option on the team where he knows he has to defer. But as that primary guy, he's going to gun and he's going to take poor shots. And he he sat for much of the fourth quarter as Boylan rightfully rewarded the bench guys who had got them back in the game. Uh, Kobe caught miniature fire, thirteen points of five of fifteen. Even though that his 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 green light, he's got an evergreen. He has a forest of evergreen in his head for as far as what he can shoot. That might be the, the, from the coach to just get it out, but because they seem to be willing to let him just shoot it. Um, but. Zach sat for most of that for the most of the second half and then came in and immediately forced up a shot that the Bulls needed to get to to draw, I believe it was to draw themselves closer. It was to bring it to within two points, or, or I believe that's the case, if not take a one point lead. Um and he just forced up one and that's just something we've seen too all too often from him. Uh at this point, you you some have wondered if he's you know, he should be traded. Possibly, I wouldn't be against it, but I think that he's a very valuable member, and the Bulls' master plan, again, is for them to try to land Giannis. Now, I'm not saying that'll happen. I'm just saying Giannis sliding into that three spot, surrounded by Zach, Kobe, Lowry, and even Wendell with with, with uh, maybe Grant. Maybe you put Gabbard down there. Who knows? Uh, but with Giannis there at the swing, at the, at the wing position, that's dangerous, you know, I, just saying, I'm not sure that's how it works out. I mean, it likely won't because Milwaukee has a chance to sign him, and the rest of the NBA is going to be on his heels as well. And um, but the Bulls miss Otto, despite how how bad he's been this this year too. Um, yeah, it was just a rough game. Chris Duncan continues to have a pretty good season though. He had nine assists, uh, six rebounds. He had another steal. He got in foul trouble, just like Lowry got in foul trouble, just like Wendell had some foul issues. Um, Sado had some foul issues. It was good. Like, again, though, the the other good thing, the one one of the silver linings about it, Gafford, um, White catching fire when it mattered most. That was important. Uh, and then Sado not playing down the stretch in favor of uh, Archie. Hutchison has been off, too. I know he's not a great shooter, but he just seemed to be he, – he put up a couple of four shots. This team just lacks real leadership and guidance, and that goes back to the head guy. Um, also not coincidentally or not incidentally, not, 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 that's not even the right word that I'm trying to look for, but not for nothing, but the bulls have the same record right now, four and 10 that they had last season through 14 games, four and 10. And I posed a question a few weeks ago, what happens if after 24 games or uh, after 24 games, the bulls have the same exact record? What do they do then? Because they made the the early investment in 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 Boylan after seeing not much improvement. Now you could say the Bulls have had better defensive numbers; they're much more active steals, you know, this and the third. The offense just hasn't clicked yet, and that hasn't translated into wins, which is probably exactly what they're going to say. But I mean, damn, <laughs> to get the exact same results, man, that that's not what you want. This ain't what you want, Roland. So that's you know, it's early. It's early, and again, it's going to be early till it's not. 
but right now it's not looking uh, overly promising for the Chicago Bulls this season uh, or for any of the predictions that they made and that I backed them up on of them making it to the postseason. Hopefully they can right the ship and get things going, but it's not looking good right now. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of Triple Zeros. If you're going to follow me, follow me, man, on Twitter, at Joshie Buck. Facebook, at Jukes and Jumps. Hit the, the website, jukesandjumpers.wordpress.com. Email me, at jukesandjumps at gmail.com. And, of course, as always, read the stuff. Last word on pro football. And uh, Pippin ain't easy for the Bulls. Nah, and Jukes and Jumps. I work with the week. You find the blog.